Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. As always, if this is your first time, check out our trailer for Season 1. Figure out what we're doing here. We're talking about the Portland Trailblazers this week. We're at the bottom of a section called A Few Sustained Runs, which means for a couple times in NBA history, this team was pretty good. They began in 1970 in a big uh, period of expansion. Uh, that led to a pretty poor 70s. They missed the playoffs for their first six years, and then in 1977, won the NBA Finals, mostly because of Bill Walton, one of the greats, one of the great season and a halfs of all time. Uh, that next season, we'll break him down. Started really strong, started 50 and eight. He went down, they ended up 58 and 24, still the number one seed in the West. That's impressive. Uh, now they made the playoffs the next couple years, even though Walton was pretty much out of commission for the rest of his career. Uh, they were really, really good in the 80s. A lot of 42 to 48 win seasons, a 53 win year in 70 or in 88. Uh, they had guys like Jim Paxson, Kiki Vandeweghe for a couple years, Calvin Nat, but then of course Clyde Drexler uh, transformed their franchise. Uh, after that, after that stretch of pretty solid years, kind of a down year in 89. Between 90, 91, and 92, they averaged almost 60 wins a season, peaking in six with 63 and 91. They went to two NBA Finals, lost both, and the Conference Finals in 91. That's a really, really good stretch. After that, first round exit, 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 six straight years. Uh, nevertheless, in this post-Drexler era, they ended up going to two Conference Finals back-to-back -back in 98 and 2000. Almost made the Finals over that Shaq-Kobe team. It was a 59-win season by the Trailblazers. Really underrated team for that stretch there. Of course, we know them as the Jailblazers. You had Damon Stoudemire, Ruben Patterson at times, Scotty Pippen, Bonzi Wells, Steve Smith, Brian Grant. A lot of nice, nice players in an era that you need to be physical. Uh, that era ended with Zach Randolph. Uh, I love Zach Randolph. He put up a lot of stats in Portland. Didn't really do much. Missed playoffs uh, until 09 when Brandon Roy came to save the day and then his uh, legs collapsed into rubble. LaMarcus Aldridge had a really interesting career arc and that he just like got better halfway through his career, kind of like Kyle Lowry. Very, very odd. Uh, but then of course Damian Lillard was the key to transforming that franchise. After 2015, it was Dame, LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge. Next to him they had Wes Matthews. Great, great 3 and D guy, and good off the ball too. Nick Batum as the three, great 3 and D guy. He was also an amazing point forward. And then Robin Lopez, all four of Lillard's starting teammates left after 2015. Yeah, he still took him to the playoffs, only lost seven wins, and even went around deeper than he did the, the year before. They ended up in the conference finals in 2019, completely demolished, swept. Uh, and these last couple years, missed the playoffs, not great seasons. It's a bummer, because I love Chauncey Billups. He's been coaching them. Now Damien's asking for a trade, Oof, so new era coming soon. But they have been good throughout the franchise history. 53% winning percentage, 37 playoffs in 54 years. That's really, really good. So I put them over the Knicks because they didn't have, because the Knicks, they didn't have nearly the, the valleys that the Knicks have, but they didn't also have the peaks that the teams above them do. Only one title, two more appearances. Uh, just a lot of above average teams throughout the franchise. And then two great, great runs. Uh, but let's get to the rankings. First team, point guard. Uh, this is clearly Damian Lillard. He's been with the team 11 years now. In his career, 25.2 points per game. 
That is the most in franchise history for a career and it's 11th, nope, and it's 12th best in NBA history. He's about to hit 20,000 points, although probably won't come with the Blazers. He is sixth right now in three-point field goals made with 2387. And the playoff stats don't dip. Playoff stats aren't worse. He's 25 a game. He's <laughs> in the regular season is 25.2, playoffs 25.7. That's kind of what you expect. That being said, his teams haven't gone far in the playoffs. You can talk about the two big shots over the Rockets and the Thunder to end a series. Those were in the first round. 2019, they were two really good teams in the playoffs in the West that year, and they played in the previous round. So why it's hard to hold it against him that his team hasn't had success because his stats are good. His shooting percentages aren't what you like. He's a negligible defender, but he, he just never, he, he's just not the number one option on a great team. And that's fine. I say that all the time. That's fine. I don't think his best player in franchise history can make the argument. I'd put a couple guys ahead of him, including our first team shooting guard, Clyde Drexler. I should have mentioned this with uh, with Dame, just flowed really nicely there. Uh, Clyde used to be the all-time leading scorer for the Blazers, recently passed by Dame last year in his 32-point-per-game season, including a 71-point game. Dame's also second assist. Clyde, though, just like Dame, I don't think he could be the best player on a really good team, but he was good enough to take his team to three straight conference finals, two of which went to the NBA Finals. In 1992, he was first team All-NBA, second in uh, MVP voting, 25 points per game, seven assists, six and a half rebounds, shooting 47% from the field. And that was one really good three-point season, which he didn't have. Uh, 34%, you know, it's fine for the time, making one and a half a game. He's a good defender, so exciting to watch, kind of a boring personality, but just the way he he glided across the court. Uh, that's why his nickname was Clyde the Glide. Great dunker, great finisher, great passer, well, well-rounded player. Bit of a joker. You could talk about in 92, like he had a really good playoffs, 26 a game. But in the finals, he was just overmatched by Michael Jordan. Now, if your biggest issue in your career is that you were overmatched by Michael Jordan, then I mean, you're not alone and I don't blame you for that. But his career after that just tanked. I mean, after that, they he didn't make he didn't win a playoff series with Portland in the two following years while he played with, with the Blazers. Uh, he didn't average 20 points a game over the next two years. Now, the, that was the same summer where he was infamously like bullied by Jordan on the Dream Team, Olympic team. Say, so he just didn't have it cut out to him to be the number one guy on a great team. And once again, that's fine, because he was a perfect second banana to Hakeem Olajuwon, a guy who is looking for the second banana his whole career. Hakeem's not particularly easy to play with, as far as his style of play goes. First team small four, Jerome Kersey. This was a tough one. There's a lot of really good point guards, a lot of really good centers, a lot of really good power forwards. But as far as small forwards, there's just, you know, there's a couple of good guys. And I, I went with longevity over the next two. Now I played with Portland 11 years in that time, 12 points a game, six rebounds, didn't really pass that well. Nice defender. And he was the probably third best player on those three really good, on, the, on that three year run from 90 to 92, that really good team I've been talking about. In 21 games, the 1990 playoffs, 20.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, shooting 46% from the field. That is nice. Seventh all-time in Blazers points, one of eight guys with uh, with 10,000. He's 10th in assists, despite not being a great passer, or maybe a willing passer. Uh, third in total rebounds, third in steals. So the more I'm getting into this, the more I'm uh, I'm selling myself. Well-rounded, great defensive player, uh, winning player. If he was the best player on your team, he probably suck, but he was not. He did get end up getting his title in 99 with the Spurs. So there you go. Also, fun fact, came in second place in the dunk contest in his third season behind 
Michael Jordan. Uh, he died in 2015. R.I.P. Jerome Kersey. By all accounts, a nice guy. Good guy. Uh, first team power forward, LaMarcus Aldridge. Now we know him, good rebounder, okay defender, uh, amazing post scorer, good mid-range guy. But just really interesting, interesting career. Because his first season, you know, you make the regular jump, 9 points a game, up to 18. And for his first few years, that's what he is. He's 18-8 and eight on decent teams. He was the second best player uh, on his team when he came in. Uh, drafted the same year as Brandon Roy. Uh, by 2011, third team All-NBA. That's nice, 22 a game. And then just kind of stayed there for a couple more years while not being an awesome rebounder. And then in 14-15, jumped up to 23-11. and 11. Just got better at 28 and 29. Which is like, sometimes point guards do that or great shooters do that, not big men. Very peculiar. And suddenly became arguably the best power forward in the league. When he went to San Antonio, that San Antonio run is extremely underrated. He, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, but come on. It's very odd because he left because Damian Lillard was getting the attention, he was getting the posters, the billboards. So he went to play with Kawhi Leonard, who's significantly better than him. If Dame and LaMarcus are playing together, I think LaMarcus would be the focal point of the offense. Not that he's a better player, but whatever. Now in franchise history, he ends up, uh, he played there for nine seasons. Third in total points, uh, 12,500. And he is their leader in rebounds, 5,400, just narrowly above Clyde Drexler. Made three All-NBA teams, second team in 2015. He was seventh in MVP voting that year. All right, all right, LaMarcus. First team, uh, first team center, this is obvious, this is clear. This whole top five is pretty obvious. We're going Bill Walton. Now his first couple seasons, uh, the issues of the rest of his career kind of showed. 35 games his first year, 51 his second year. His third season, 1977, 65 games, he was an all-star, led the league in rebounds and blocks with 14.5 and 3.2, uh, along with 19 points a game. Probably the best passing big man of all time up until Jokic, maybe Wilt. Maybe Will takes that. Uh, if you were playing in the, in the modern era, he'd be, you know, nearing a triple-double, but back then you just don't run your offense through a big man in the same way. Uh, he was at four or five assists a game for for most of his prime. And like I said, in 78, he start, he played 58 games before he hurt his foot. They started 50 and eight. They ended up with 58 wins. That's an incredible downturn. So it makes sense that he won MVP because he was clearly the most valuable, right? Like he leaves and they suck. And because of the 58 games he played, they still uh, were the one seed in the, in the West. He ended up gutting out two games in the playoffs, didn't play great, only 25 minutes a game. So who cares? Still shooting 60%, 11 rebounds. Oh man, just in case he went too low. Now there's gonna be arguments uh, for Derrick Rose making the Hall of Fame uh, several years from now. And I think he should. I think in the NBA, if you win MVP, I think you're in. It, I, I like that the NBA Hall of Fame is so giving to players. Sometimes they go a little bit too far. But there's a difference between letting an MVP in and letting some guy who put up empty calorie stats for his whole career. Derrick Rose and Bill Walton, that was not empty calorie stats. And Walton won, an, won a championship to boot. Uh, one of the worst seasons worst stretches in NBA history but that was still an amazing team regardless of era doesn't matter they probably would have won in 78 maybe 79 maybe they get a three-peat those were two it was the Sonics and Bullets two not awesome teams he didn't play against Portland he sued them for malpractice a lot of crappy games in San Diego a lot of crappy seasons in San Diego uh, and then a nice resurgence with Larry Bird on the greatest team of all time, so that's cool. So that's our first team, Damian Lillard, Clyde Drexler, Jerome Kersey, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Bill Walton. Second team, point guard, we're going Terry Porter. He remains first all time in Blazers assists. Probably will stay there. 
assuming Damian Lillard leaves. He's only about 200 behind. Uh, Terry was there for 10 seasons. Pretty durable. Uh, he played at least 77 games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times to start his career. Most of those were 80 to 82 game seasons. Two-time All-Star in 91 and 93. Uh, his peak was, you know, 17 and eight, 17 and nine. He was 15 and 10. 1988. That's cool. No complaints about his percentages. Got a lot of steals. Now he was never All-NBA. Uh, tough league. I said this a couple weeks ago. The early 90s were really weak at the guard position, but still a really tough league and he wasn't able to uh, ever get an All-NBA team. But in his career among all players, top 20 in assist is pretty good. I think he's everything you want a point guard. If he's the second best player on your team, uh, the floor general, I think he can lead a lead a team to a title. Looking back, I think that uh, Blazers team was missing one great big man. And that's exactly what the management thought in 84 when they picked Sam Bowie or Michael Jordan. Probably want that one back. So uh, Terry Porter, that's an easy one. Second team, shooting guard, much tougher. Cause like, what do you value? And I value winning play. And I value short bursts of greatness. I'm going Brandon Roy. Some of the finest games played for that three-year stretch between 08 to 2010 is Brandon Roy. The stats are pretty good, 19 a game, then 23 a game, got a lot of assists. I mean, he was Dwayne Wade with a better three-point shot and maybe not as good defensively. Now in 2008, it's when Dwayne Wade was hurt, won 15 games. It looked like Brandon Roy was usurping Dwayne Wade as the best young shooting guard in the league. He made a couple All-NBA all teams, and then by 2011, it just was clear that his career was done. And he retired on top. He, he played uh, he played pretty much full seasons his first four years. His fifth year, played 47, and then retired that next year. He knew from childhood, they knew from medical examinations when he was getting drafted that he was not gonna have a long career. Uh, obviously, hold out hope, whatever. Uh, but in that 2011 playoffs, he played the Mavericks, who ended up winning the title. He only averaged 9 points in 23 minutes a game. But he had one game, game 4. So they're down 2-1 against a really, really good team. It's up 24 points on 9 for 13. That's basically how he ends his career. He makes a little comeback a couple years later with Minnesota. Played 5 games, whatever. Uh, I miss you, Brandon Roy. Second team, small forward. We're going Kiki Vandaway. I do not value empty calorie stats, but as an aesthetic, you gotta love Kiki Vandaway. He was awesome in Denver, traded for Calvin Natt. Uh, Denver isn't notorious for just getting offensive first players. And that's what Kiki was. He'd give up, you know, 20 points on the defensive end, but then he'd score 27 on you. Uh, first career with De with Portland, five seasons basically. 23.5 points per game, over 285 games. He's 50, 40, 88 during his time there. Very bizarre three-point history. He didn't really take any first couple years, 86, made 12% on point, <laughs> point one a game. Uh, that next year was taking one a game, you know, not terrible. 48% from three, that's really, really good. Uh, struggled with injuries after that 87th season, never really came back the same until a nice, a nice 91 mini resurgence with the Knicks. And these teams are making the playoffs. They didn't win a lot of series, but uh, they made the playoffs every year he was there. Could score from anywhere, great shooter. Um, big fan of Kiki Vandaway. And as far as Blazers history goes, second in points per game. Yeah, Damian Lillard. There you go. Second team power forward going Rashid Wallace. It gets a little, it gets a little lean here, but Rashid could, he could ball. Eight seasons with Portland before he was traded for one game to Atlanta. Said, nope, not doing that. 
playing with Sharif Abdurrahim. Uh, traded to Detroit after that, and the rest is history. But during his time there, because he spent way more time in Portland than he did Detroit, but we only think of him as a Pistons guy, uh, 17 points, 7 rebounds a game. He was like the original unconventional awesome shooter. I believe he was the first guy to hit 100 threes and 100 and block 100 shots in the same season. He did that in 2002. Of course, it's been done a dozen times since then. Uh, he did it a few times after that when he went to Detroit. But in 2002, that was revolutionary. Uh, he was probably the best player on those two teams that went to back-to-back -back conference finals and played extremely well. In 2002, random three-game, you know, they lost sweep. 25 and 12, that ain't bad, my guy. Franchise history, seventh in rebounds, third in blocks. He was never all NBA. Really, really tough time for Fords at this time. I mean, you got Duncan, Dirk, KG, Weber. T Mac was sometimes considered a, a forward. Uh, Paul Pierce, a couple years there. Uh, Malone in his early stretch, in Rashid's early stretch. Grant Hill, a lot of, lot of really good Fords in that time. Uh, second team center, Clay Thompson's dad, Michael Thompson. First overall pick of the 78 draft, he was set to replace Walton. So Walton got hurt 77 78. Uh, Thompson was drafted the next year, played 73 games that first season, you know, nice 15 and 8, and then missed the next season with the leg injury. So the Portland curse just struck again. Uh, this was the early time of the Portland curse. It's happened 30 times since then. You know, Sam Bowie, Greg Oden, Brandon Roy. Um, but Michael Thompson, he bounced back and he never really struggled with injuries for the rest of his, at least his yeah, for the rest of his career. Uh, but almost 17 points, nine rebounds for seven years there. Peaked at 21 and 12 in 82. And that team won 42 games. Kind of a lost grade, because I think people remember him with the Lakers. I know that I've always remembered him with the Lakers. Uh, he, he won two titles in 87 and in 88, and then, you know, lost a couple more. But he's kind of like a, he was a sixth man behind Kareem. But just, the, that, that's such an odd, career trajectory where you're a star putting up good numbers on decent teams and then you're just a sixth man and your stats are gone very curious but um probably the right choice for him ultimately fourth in total rebounds tenth in points first in blocks 768 zero all-stars zero all-nbas so when you talk about number one picks there's you know tiers he's kind of in the middle tier where it's like you know we're happy with him he did good but he did not live up to being a number one pick. Uh, that's our second team, Terry Porter, Brandon Roy, Kiki Vandeweghe, Rasheed Wallace, Michael Thompson. Uh, third team, point guard, I'm going Lionel Hollins. Yeah, being a, you know, solid, decent coach. Played five years with Portland, but he was on that 77 team that won the title. Starting point guard, 15 a game, four assists. He narrowly missed out on another title a couple years later, left Philly right before their title. Uh, but good solid point guard. He was an all-star in 78 in that awesome uh, Bill Walton season. His assists are low, but you're playing with Bill Walton. Like the, the ball is going around, man. He famously had a big, uh, like a, uh, a moped crash in 74, a couple years before he came into the league. And his left pinky and, and his, uh, his other finger, they just never healed right, but it just didn't affect his career. So that's just, if it went a little bit differently, he could be, he could have been Jay Williams, you know? Uh, but he thrived defensively. He was one of the best defensive guards in the league for a couple years. All defensive team, 78 and 79. And then 34 years later, he took Memphis to the conference finals and then got fired. Can't explain that. Uh, third team, shooting guard. You could put him as second team, probably. Uh, I value greatness over empty stats. Jeff Petrie. Six years, 21.8 points per game. His rookie season, 28.4. 
couple other other seasons putting up 20 24 25 he didn't make the playoffs once <laughs> uh, that's crazy he was drafted to an expansion team that didn't make the playoffs for six years and then his team won the title that's just devastating man he's still he's just shy of being the ninth guy in the 10,000 point club for the blazers he's sixth in assists he is fourth in points per game, 21.8. Uh, a little ahead of his time, a great long range guy. He ended up traded in 76. Traded in 76 for Maurice Lucas, who we're gonna talk about in about 45 seconds here. Uh, and then didn't play a single game because he heard his name. And then the Blazers won the title. So it kind of hurts him that his team uh, got a lot better after he was no longer taking all their shots. But the the best player of their, of their first little stretch there. Third team small forward, got Scotty Pippen. He came to a team that in 99 had made the conference finals and then in 2000 took him back to the conference finals. He only played four seasons in Portland. It, it's very past his prime, but he's still an awesome defender, got buckets, great point forward, everything that he normally did, just minus a little bit of athleticism. He doesn't rank high in any stats. For the Blazers, we're still getting, you know, a steal and a half a game, so that's, that's, that's cool, man. Nice old man player for the last few years. But there's not really another option at small forward, and he was on a good couple, a couple good teams. So there you go. 13 power forward going Maurice Lucas. There's one guy complaining. There's a couple guys complaining. They should have been the the third pick here. But I think it's Maurice. I mean, he came from the ABA, then was traded to, uh, from the Hawks to Portland, and that first season they won a title. Now obviously that's on Bill Walton, but you, if you come to a team and then win a title it's a little bit on you and he made three straight all-stars during that nice stretch there uh, that first year 21 points 12 rebounds for his portland career which was three and a half years and then another you know old man season in 88 16 a game nine rebounds shot kind of low from the field 46 percent as a big punishing big man kind of weird stats don't back this one up doesn't rank in the top 10 of basically anything any counting stats uh, but it's he's undoubtedly the right choice. Second best player on a finals team. 21 a game in the 77 playoffs. Put up a 20 and 11 in the finals. Uh, no regrets there. Third team center, Ivitas Sabonis. Should have been better in the, AB, or in the NBA. Spent his 20s playing overseas. By the time he got here, he was a shell of himself. If you believe the rumors, which I do. Uh, first career in the NBA, 12 and 7. Awesome passer. I just wish they would play modern basketball with Sabonis because he peaked at like two a game. But just the highlights, man. You see the flash. You see the him seeing plays before they happen. And he had nice range too for a big man, especially of that era. Awesome, strong defensive anchor. Not necessarily known for his defense, but still amazing at it. Ninth in, uh, in Blazers blocks, eighth in rebounds. I'm not even playing the what if game here. Just what he did is the third best center in franchise history. Um, but if you're playing the what if game, he might be number two. He's probably definitely number two. Uh, hardest cuts, I had Rod Strickland. Uh, he had a nice little stretch post Porter. You could also, you can even argue that he was better with Portland than he was with the Wizards, but Portland is a franchise better than the Wizards. So it's hard for him to, to scoot in there. Damien Stoudemire, I really, really looked at over Lionel Hollins. He was an important part of the teams that were, you know, very, very good. We talked about with, with Toronto, so I'm not gonna get too much into him, but awesome passer. Uh, dreadful shooter but was on conference finalists as a starter and is an important piece but a title is more important uh jim paxton a lot of big stats but with a little bit of success too so you could put him over petrie and i wouldn't feel bad 
that's probably the uh, the biggest argument is is Jim Paxton over Jeff Petrie, and I think you could successfully successfully make that argument. Um, CJ McCollum, same thing. I mean, he was kind of a one-trick pony, and his stats are better than a couple of other guys, but it's also a different league than it was for the other guys. Uh, but just an awesome number two. It's hard to have, you know, a one-two punch at guard that are both undersized and can't defend. And it's kind of unfair he gets a knock for that, but just amazing offensive player. Big CJ McCollum fam. Awesome guy, president of the uh, Players Association. Cliff Robinson. Uh, he was a rookie when they started that really good stretch of basketball. And then when he started getting more shots, his stats went up. The team just wasn't as good. You know, he put up 20 points a game a couple years in a row after the team had uh, had gone downhill. Weird, uh, he, he played power forward, then center, then small forward. Very uh, modern in that sense. But nice shooter, nice nice, nice player. But I'm not putting him over a champion. Uh, Zach Randolph, I absolutely love, but the team sucked when he was their focal point. He had a bad attitude. Grotesque player, honestly, while he was with Portland. Really cool story of improvement, but when he became most improved player, that's when the team stopped making the playoffs. And then he went to Memphis and everything changed. So, good, good for you in the long run, but whatever. Buck Williams, uh, didn't peak here. Sidney Wicks, that was a tough one. But he was essentially replaced in the lineup by Lucas, and then they won the title. So, just once again, it's it's hard like that. But he put up a lot of big stats. 25 a game as a rookie. If you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at wrong opinion NBA. Check out the YouTuber Hooper's Lane. I work with him. Awesome guy. A lot of cool stuff about uh, more modern, more modern takes on the NBA. We will be back next week talking about the next team in this a few sustained runs section. It's a team that won a title way back in the 70s and had a borderline dominant team in the 2010s but never made it all the way. Can you guess who that is? Peace out.